25 of the fourth time around the anniversary edition episode 25 we made it this far uh we have four steady listeners we feel good about ourselves and in typical four time around fashion because it is an anniversary show mike mail is not with us right because uh, sure. we don't want him here anyway so for episode 25 we bought we, we bought ourselves a ringer a guest host, uh, Justin Lemieux, all the way from, from Dallas, Texas. Is that, is that right, Justin? Uh, well, if you want to get technical, we could say Bedford. Bedford, okay. All right. Yeah. All, right. all the way from, from Bedford. And uh, Greg Wolf, as usual, is still joining us from Dallas proper, right? Yeah. Well, if we want to get technical, I'm in Irving. But, Jesus. You know. All right. Yeah. Well, fuck it. Um, <laughs> so you're both from Dallas, and uh, I, as always, am your host, <laughs> Ross. Ross never will save her. Justin, how are you, my friend? I'm uh, doing pretty good. I, you know, I'm a little disappointed that we have to bring the listeners down to three since I'm on. That's true. Uh, Thank you for being our fourth for a long but, time. But, uh, you know, it's good to be here. Yeah? The true or false, we haven't actually spoken in probably half a decade. <laughs> uh, half a decade is probably uh, under underscoring Understatement? It. Is it really? Yeah. You think That's, it's longer than that? It might be. It might be. we've been in the it, same it, city for a while. Yes, I think so. So what and the, I, I ran into people there. On the trains by accident? Yeah. You know, never cross paths. No, I know. I ran I ran into, yeah, a lot of people sometimes, you know, that I didn't mean to run into or, or specifically want, but I never ran into you, so. <laughs> I don't know. Until the magic of the internet brought Until you Until fourth time round anniversary <laughs> edition comes back and here we are. <laughs> I don't uh, know if it's the magic of the internet, uh, yeah. the magic of the podcast, or just the magic of uh, Greg. Yeah, well, true. Greg, Greg yeah. just putting two texts together. Or the magic of uh, Mike's inability to be on the internet in Arkansas. Yeah. All right, that, that too. That helps. Well, Arkansas is a lot like China with the firewall. <laughs> yeah, a great They're firewall. Really, yeah, so. they don't let a lot of stuff in. So. <laughs> Except it's literally a firewall that prevents electricity. Yeah. The actual fire. And heathens. <laughs> right, real fire and real hillbillies prevent all internet. <laughs> prevent mostly the godless. I think okay. we're considered pornography in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, anything above the ankle. Yep. So, yeah. All right, Greg Wolf, how you doing, buddy? Doing all right? I'm good. You yeah. got a, a, first segment around for the anniversary edition. I heard is Greg at the movies. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Is that right? It is. It Let's is. Playing the home and or dice board game. Greg at the movies is where Greg tells us about an upcoming movie, a trailer that he has seen, and uh, we try and figure out whether he's actually telling us about a real movie or whether it's just some sick joke that he's playing on us and uh, you, the three listeners. So. Right. Well, in this case, it's uh, it's a happy happy reunion of a cast of uh, wonderful actors. Um, back in 2001, there was a movie called Cats and Dogs, where uh, Alec Baldwin and uh, played <laughs> I seem a dog. To remember this. I do, yeah, I, I don't. I must have blocked this like severe yeah. trauma. Ale- Alec Baldwin played Butch, the veteran dog <laughs> agent, and they what? brought in this. Yeah, and they brought. In I this don't movie. remember his involvement. Yeah, yeah, he was the he was the he was the old uh, grizzled old agent, and they're bringing in a new puppy as the new agent. Uh, Toby Maguire, uh, had, I guess, just finished off of Spider-Man and then got right into Cats and Dogs. Solid career move. Oh, well, indeed. Natural progression. Yeah. yeah. Right, really. Well, yeah. it made $200 million to box office, so it can't be all that bad. But uh, so Wait, this... the, first, the first film you're talking about made $200 million at the box office? Yep, $200 awesome. million. Theatrical release, like pre-DVDs. Yeah, wait a second. Are we are we totaling up no, all this of... Is gross. Because I know people buy anything on DVDs. I'm talking, in the theaters, this thing made $200 million. Well, it just says gross revenue, so that could mean anything. Yeah. That could mean DVDs. But again, who would buy this on DVD? Anyway, 
So I, I don't, I'd like to put out a personal challenge to anyone who has seen this movie or knows someone who's seen this movie. You're talking, yeah. to, like to, You're talking to someone who's seen this movie. Oh, 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 <laughs> oh God. Challenge complete. Yeah. yeah I, no, I, I saw this movie and it came out on July 4th of 01. Uh, I probably I, I'm hoping to goodness I saw this with a younger sibling because I really, really hope I didn't see this by myself. You did. In the theater. You did. So and I remember the original film. Yeah. And so you remember when I, the mythos of the original yes, story, the, the universe that was created. Yeah. So the new movie coming out is called Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. Oh, yes. Okay. And so so yeah. the uh, the cast is not the same, of course. Unfortunately, uh, Alec, <laughs> Alec has bowed out as the as the as his pivotal, pivotal character of Butch now being played by Nick Nolte. Oh, even better choice. Yes, exactly. And yeah. then uh, I, flavor I like of the month. Not, I feel yeah. like this is not the first time Nolte's voiced an animal. <laughs> uh, you're probably right. Are we talking snuff films? Or, <laughs> because surely there's some stuff on the black market where he's had to have done some of this. Well, you have to get, you have to get pretty low to do Cats and Dogs too. True. So. But Nick and Nolte, then yeah. Toby McGuire is not being, uh, he's not reprising his role, but uh, Neil Patrick Harris, the new oh, play hunt. Yeah. And then, of course, the, so the, there's two main protagonists, uh, Neil Patrick Harris and uh, Nick, and no, and Ray Liotta is the, uh, is the cop dog that's uh, in shame, like he's been drummed out of the dog. Wait, wait a second. You're yeah. telling me Ray Liotta's playing a cop? Yeah, wait. I, I know. Tight. And but a cop that's like on the, on the outs too. Like yeah. he's never he's happened. Drunk out. So, so this is like a cop land, but with cops and uh, dogs and cats. Dogs, yeah. Right. And, and so what happens world. is uh, Kitty Galore uh, announces she's going to destroy the world of humans, and so the cats uh, figure out that they're going to have to join forces with the dogs to defeat her because, of course, they're in trouble too. So this is one of those movies where you know. It's kind of like Blade Two and the sure, the, sure. Never mind. But the vampires and the and, and Blade has to just team up. Well, this is the cats and dogs, okay. and of course they throw in a pigeon for comic relief. So. Sure, just like Blade Two. Right. Well, let me get this straight. I feel like the writers of these movies have kind of drawn lines in the sand mm-hmm. and not really left it up to us. I mean, I get the impression from the first one that uh, that the dogs are the good ones and the cats are the bad ones, and right. it's not it's not really even so much. Uh, up in the air as to who's actually good or bad. Well, Justin, let me tell you that in a post-9-11 world, it's a world right. of ambiguities. Right. Uh, it's a world that's of That's what grayness. I thought. That's what yeah. I thought. <laughs> and so, so, I, so right, I think right. that that's what this, this is trying to portray, is the, right. the, the ambiguity of not knowing. You know, right. Who well, and is more importantly, your, in a post-9-11 world, cat people and dog people have to come together. That's true. That's Against true. the common thread. And in a post-9-11 world, you would never let a flotilla of cats... Right. Bring yeah. aid um, right. to another another cat like colony. So are they saying this is one bad cat or that all cats are bad? Exactly. 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 Are, did the yes. cats scratch first? Or? Right. No, this is yeah. So this is there's one bad cat and other cats are okay. Is that is that you know species profiling? Yeah, exactly. We can't species profile. And of course, the ba- uh, kitty galore, of course, is one of those hairless cats. You know, sure. so Foreign. naturally. Foreign. Yeah. Yeah. So she's ugly on the inside and outside. True. Uh, which I'm sure that's going to be some kind of motivation as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's, 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 
there's uh you know catnip jokes and just it's just gonna be so so wonderful good just, i mean you just imagine some scenes a romp yeah a comedic romp and when does this all come right. out just for all of those listening so we all we all go together <laughs> july 30th okay we have fourth time around has its first movie date yep. done done yep. and done done and done it, it, it cost 150 million to make so Fire. yeah the first one took 60 well they had to train all those dogs to talk Right. They, had to, they, had to, they had to buy Ray Liotta. <laughs> they had to transfer the brain of all these humans into animals. Yeah, they had to make sure Ray Liotta had enough scotch to get through his uh, his bitter cop roll. It's new, it's new to him. So. It's a whole new yeah, whole new world. So, although for the record, Lemieux, Copland was a pretty good movie. Well, it was. That's why I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, no Stallone though. You know, I mean, we really need the heart of the film. Yeah, yeah. Sad-eyed Stallone. Now, is it possible we could draw a parallel between uh, Baldwin's career and uh, Travolta's career, considering Travolta was in a talking animal movie in the Look Who's Talking series? I see. Yeah. Right before he turned it? I and thought— And then Baldwin, talking dog movie, right before he turns it with 30 Rock? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that is true. I, I think what happens is— they just—I I don't know. I can only figure that uh, something cosmic is at work. Exactly right. I actually thought you were gonna say, "Can we, you know, draw a parallel between the, you know, the career of Ray Liotta and uh, the time that Jesus spent in the desert?" <laughs> <laughs> and I would have said, "Probably yes." Yes. We probably can. I mean, it's twelve I- years, right? He was so Liotta has enough time. So yeah. He's got some. He's got some years to go. All right. Well, thanks, Greg, for bringing us that awesome film. Definitely uh, look for the Academy. You know, yes. I, I smell. No Oscar. pun intended. I smell. <laughs> so, all right, we're gonna move to a second segment, which is new to us because our guest host is is bringing it. Um, it is called the Wide World of Justin. Which is not. The House of Ill Repute, but it's actually a segment here on Fourth Time Around. So go ahead, Lemieux, what do you got? Well, in the wide world of Justin, I think we can uh, approach all subjects, sports or Justin. Sure. And today, I think we're going to do a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, you know, for some of those who know me, uh, which probably most of our listeners, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, you guys certainly, uh, you know, I grew up in Arizona. I'm a big baseball fan. And uh, Arizona does have a baseball team. You can look it up. They've won a World Series, mm. and they're called the Diamondbacks. That, that isn't, is, in fact, a real team. I know it yeah. doesn't sound like it. but right. So the, they're the Diamondbacks. Arizona Snake makes sense. But, you know, over time, people don't want to say the long name. Diamondbacks, Arizona Diamondbacks. It's too long to chant at a ballpark. It gets shortened to D-backs. The yeah. team gets whiff of this. Eventually, they've changed the jerseys now, so it just says D-backs. Right. Well, obviously, D-backs just sounds like D-bags. Yeah, right. and probably the people listening to this probably can't even hear the difference in me saying that. No, one is a what alleged Arizona baseball team, and the other is a guy who owns a Trans Am. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Basically, and that person probably goes to the D backs game. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, it's a high possibility. Yeah. So my problem is, you know, this is a this is a huge problem. This is. Uh, there's no way this should have happened. Someone should have caught this. Sure. And, and I feel like the people who are naming teams really have no idea what they're doing. So I'm posing a question to either of you. Mm-hmm. Is that if you could purchase 
one professional team that already exists, and I'm not going to include soccer because we're just going to keep it to uh, to real sports. Right? Oh, uh, right. So, oh God, this is the World Cup too. You, I, I can't believe you just <laughs> yes. said that. It, it stings extra. <laughs> yeah, it does, man. So, purchase one team that already exists. USA on the twelfth, one thirty versus England. <laughs> yeah, check I it know. out. Be there. Be there. Anyway. <laughs> Purchase one team that already exists. Improve their name. Okay. So um, I pose uh, it. To can me. I can I question the motivation of the whole thing in, real quick? Because it seems to me that perhaps you're looking at this the wrong way. Perhaps the person who owns the Diamondbacks wanted to sabotage his own team because no one wants to wear a shirt that says D-backs on it, <laughs> right? And so maybe in this world of government bailouts and, you know... Where up is down and black Yeah, white. trillion dollar handouts to any kind of company that fails. Perhaps he was trying to kill the Diamondbacks' popularity with D-backs and thereby somehow need a bailout from the government or the, or the state of, of Phoenix. The state of Phoenix. <laughs> that big, I mean, state that of Arizona. Big state Jesus. of Phoenix. Yeah. Oh God, it's a university, not a state. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a state of mind. Right. I wouldn't That's put that out of the realm of possibility, but I do think you're dodging the question. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Okay. Listen, I, you know, okay. I, I was I was born in New York City out there, and I spent a fair amount of time, and and I grew up watching New York Rangers. Um, this is just a classic classic yeah. hockey team during during yeah. the years when Mark Messier played center. Uh, you know, this is a, this is a big time for the Rangers, but I'm going to take that team. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to name it. First of all, I'm going to give a little corporate sponsorship because I feel like, I feel like in this day and age, it'd be a little difficult to just, uh, just have a, you know, have a, have a team name, you know, like, like if it was, uh, you know, nest and tea bags, right. <laughs> but like that would be a lot better than just the D backs, you know? So I think if we went, with, although I'm not sure tea bagging is a uh, really a step above D bag. No, I think you're on the same plane, but I mean, if you, you've already fallen to that level, you might as well right. get Lipton involved and make right. some change. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, instead of New York Rangers, I'm going to go with the New York Mike Mayellas. Okay. Right. And this is going to be, yeah. this is going to be a team full of, I want to hear, hear all about this logo and mascot. Yeah. This is going to be a team full of angst, you know, <laughs> Full of just just unrequited anger. Now, will all the players have to be yeah. just like constant Mike? bitterness? Oh yeah, certainly yes. All the, all the players will will, will have to uh, have to adhere to certain height strictures that we've right. already established on the show, <laughs> right. as well as uh, as well as certain affinities for uh, magical lands of uh, Middle Earth and such. Um, right. And of course, they have to be uh, really, really introspectively self-questioning at all moments, even to the point <laughs> of should I buy this bag of Skittles or right. should I not? Should I shoot the puck into an open exactly. net? And the not? answer is is that in the indecision, not, you know, no, it never gets shot. You know, so they, 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 they do not do very well as a team. They have a lot of ties. Okay, <laughs> they, do, they do tie a lot. They do a lot of ties, but there's not not a lot of winning that goes on there. But um, hockey is the one sport you can tie in, so this might be perfect. That's true, and I think that since since BP has had such a rough time lately, yeah. I mean, God, I feel I feel so bad for them. Right. Um, I think who they, doesn't? Yeah, I mean, that's you know, really, who stopped to question, uh, you know, the stock? You know, who who asks, you know, are they okay? Right? You know, how right. are no, this? I, might, 
this how might be a good doing? time for the podcast to get BP as a sponsor. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. Nobody thinks to ask how the multi-million dollar you know stockholders are doing. You know, billion dollar stockholders. Exactly. It's all just about these whatever this coastline. You know, nobody stops to the think. Louisiana. Who needs that? Yeah. The CEO. You think he has feelings? He has a life to get back to. People. Right. I mean, right. unbelievable. He really does. And he has he has golf to play. Right. And you're oh, a couple billion gallons of oil. St. Andrews, you know. I tell you. Anyway, so I think BP sponsors it to get a little bit better image back. And they do it in New York because it's far enough away from any kind of the sure. disaster that they'll have to face for the next decade. Um, so they do, you know, it's just the, the BP presents the New York Mike Maellas. Yeah, I like, I like it. it. He, might, he might even move the team to Brooklyn. Oh, I think for sure. Yeah. Just to absolutely. make it. Can they make- because Two after, suggestions. Yeah, go ahead. Fire away. One, can they play in a basement? Oh, yeah, oh, obvious. Yes, of course. Two, can they all wear oversized jerseys to make the players look smaller? Naturally, yeah. All right. I, we're going to have to get so a special I mean, it's, already... it's your team, but I like those ideas. No, we're going to have to get a special <laughs> tailor to, get, to do that. I don't like a – because it would be like a, a kind of an extra large child size. Now, right. I know sometimes professional teams have rules about uh, facial hair. Uh, would beards be required on this team? I think the New York Mike Mailers is an egalitarian society. Um, mm. Where uh, we don't adhere to strictures um, like like you know you have to shave uh, all the time. So I think if See, he, if he wanted to go with the uh, with a, some sort of sideburn slash mustache. Uh, type of. We'll see, but you would be forced. I think you should have the beards on the outside of the helmets too. Yes. Well, I mean, I think the, on the face this should be on the, the hairiest, face mask. Yeah, this yes. should be the hairiest team that, that anybody. Ever. Yeah, I mean, really, it should be like playing uh, people encased in Velcro. You know, I mean, that's how. Right. That's how of much. Real human hair, though. Yeah, of real. Yeah, exactly. Of real human hair. Could you somehow fashion the skates to look like Hobbit feet? <laughs> yeah. Well, it, they're hairy in, as it is. So yes, Hobbit feet. That gives them more traction. So right. um, and and like the the hockey sticks kind of look like sting. True, <laughs> that is they kind good. of they glow yeah. when they get near other players. Yeah, you know? I like it. I like it. I like it. So that's yeah. I mean, I'm, I think that I think that would be good. one of the greatest teams. To, to so the New York Rangers move to Brooklyn, become the BP Brooklyn Mike Myelas. Yeah, and they start yes. playing in a, they start playing in a basement, and they bring it back, you know, to the streets. You know? Absolutely, and they're just full of unsure bitterness. You know, that's really what the NHL's been missing. I think is uh, you know the, the the street attitude that it used to yeah, have. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, maybe the new song for for this team could be taking it back to the streets. Yeah, no, no. I like it. I like no, it. I don't that part, but all the rest of it's good. But that <laughs> taking no, sorry, taking it to the street. That's yeah, it. maybe something that's like it. that. Yeah, no, <laughs> still not on board with that part. But yeah, everything else is good there. Yeah. Well, Greg, is there a, is there a team whose name you think uh, could be improved upon? With your purchase? Yeah, I'm trying to think, you know, where I would take this. I probably, you know, I would probably, you know, sports teams can be rather cult-like. That's true, yeah. You know, the following of such of such cult teams. And I, I really think, you know, the big Apple convention was yesterday. They announced the new iPhones. That's mm-hmm. true, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm always looking, I'm always interested in, the, you know, the, the meld between biology and synthetic, artificial, sure, bionic yeah. type stuff. So Who's not? And, and who really? <laughs> and so I, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with hockey because I, I just feel like there's so much room to grow there. There is, yeah. It's and I, a would tough pro- time. I would take the Anaheim Ducks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, they're in California, the Silicon Valley, and all that good yeah. stuff. That's true. And uh, I would probably name them something to do with... I would also bring in, like, 
Star Wars in a way, too, because... How did I know that was coming? Right, because, you know, if you're going to involve bionics, you're going to have to have Star Wars. So something like the Darth Steve Jobs <laughs> or, or Lord Steve Jobs. So I think every player is going to have to be bionically out. You know, they're going to have to have bionic surgeries to all look like Steve Jobs. At least one bionic because, surgery. Uh, well, several, because they're going to make them really thin and yeah. really kind of creepy looking. Uh, yeah, sort of Ichabod Cranish. Right, so, and because of, you know, all the, because you're, you're going to be tapping into the fanboyness that is the Apple world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so they have sleek like, uniforms made every of Every year they'll get a new uniform, every year they'll get a new bionic uniform because the iPod will come, the new iPhone will come out, right? Yeah. And like they'll actually be able to text each other on the i on the rink you know, while they're playing yeah and you'll be able to like have you'll be you'll be able to see twitter messages on their back right uh, updates as the game progresses they update as they shoot right yeah so I, I think i think we'll have some sort of melding of the apple world and the star wars world because it already exists out there we know it does sure so it's only a matter of time before we have an app designed just for playing hockey and so the real question will be, you know, can you stop these bionic monsters from <laughs> scoring? And then, you know, eventually. No. The answer is no. Of course <laughs> exactly. Not. So. You think the Mike Bialas are going to stop this team? No, yes. I mean, they'll That's stand, they'll stand up to it, but no, they could, they could never overthrow such a thing. And it'd be more, it'd be more noble for them to to go, you know. Yeah, it'd be very like the Rohim, uh, Rohim. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the last you know, ride. Right. They know they're gonna die, but that's okay. Yeah. They and died they, well. They know the next world to be less hairier. Right. <laughs> and less full <laughs> of Steve Jobs nerds. So. so it'll be a good world, hopefully. Right. So so Apple will will buy the the Anaheim Ducks and name them the Darth Steve Jobs. Nice. And we might be able to clone Steve Jobs pretty soon. I think we're going to have to to perpetuate his life. I think he's already yeah, done it. Yeah, so he might actually be an android already. I don't know for sure. Steve but... Jobs 3G. Yeah. Now he's now he's 4G. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Strange and weird world you come from, Gregory Wolf. All right. <laughs> or I might Con- be going concise to. Concise answer? Concise but full of madness. <laughs> full of madness. All right, thank you, Justin. Yeah. What about you, buddy? Let's ask you. What if you, uh, you I'd probably buy, buy Greg's team yeah. and uh, rename them the Computer Cats. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why, but nice. Yeah. And if I could go back, you know, you really can't rename a team that's already won a championship. So it'd be hard to go back and rename the Diamondbacks now. Yeah. But they need a more appropriate name. I think the it's got to be something with Arizona. Pretty classy. Yeah. Well, maybe just go on and change it. Just make them D-bags. Yeah. Just just embrace it. Just, you know what? It. Yeah, hug it out. You know, have a, you know, your mascot could be a guy in like a polo with like pleated khaki shorts. Oh, exactly. You know. Hard to be some boat shoes. Frozen margarita in hand. Yeah, he's definitely yeah, a lot got of, some, uh, some polo shirts flipped up. Oh, like a, yeah, pink pastel polo shirt flipped up. Right. Yeah. 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 You reflect the local community. Like a, a chain on his wrist. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is Absolutely. What is that? About? A lot of Dave Matthews being played in the background. Yeah. What is? What's up with the wrist chain? That, yeah, you could have the team. Yeah, team music is all Dave Matthews. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Yeah. 
Our you know, ben normally Harper. they have for Lots a base of Ben Harper. Piece. Tons of oh. Ben Harper. Yeah. yeah. Jack Johnson. So much Ben Harper, you can't even escape it. <laughs> ben Harper. If you get into, Maybe, let's say. There's a touch of early John Mayer. Yeah. Well, we haven't heard from him in a while. Maybe John, uh, he could actually be the coach. Look, I think that you guys, there is only Ben Harper done. Right. Maybe Ben Harper is the coach and <laughs> he plays on the sideline to motivate. I like it. I like it. It's good. Well, I don't even be motivating so much as it just really encourage the players to relax a lot. Or just really. You know, no matter just, what they're doing out there, I tell them, guys, too tense. Yeah. Or oh, definitely saying nothing, but saying it prettily. So, <laughs> which, is, which is, yeah, apparently talent. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that's what that was. All right, cool. Thanks for the wide, the wide world of Justin. All right, we're going to finish it off here with, uh, with a, a, a new segment again. because we figured, why, why the hell not? And this one is called The Course of History. And for those of you playing the Homer Dice game, I'll be giving Greg and Justin the chance to rewrite the past. I've been giving them a situation in time that, in hindsight, presented a clear demarcation line of before and after. And I will be giving them a chance to import a historical, mythical, or television character to alter the course of what we know as history. You guys ready? I'll do my best. You guys ready? Okay, Greg, Wolf, we'll go with you first. You ready, buddy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, the bombing of Pearl Harbor, of course, plunged the United States into World War II. Arguably. Arguably, indeed. <laughs> Who had the foresight? Now, some people say that we had the foresight, that we had seen this coming, that yeah. we allowed this to happen so that we could mm-hmm. enter the war with somewhat of a clear conscience. However, we're going to ignore that brief conspiracy theory. I know it's hard for us who are conspiracy theorists to the side. So, Pearl Harbor, who had the foresight to see such an event and change it? Will be crafty mm. Odysseus? Legendary athlete and early NES video game endorser Bo Jackson. Ooh. Or Russell Crowe, as directed by Ridley Scott. Greg, oh. do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, well, you know, Bo Jackson, uh, and this might actually tie into all this, because Bo, you know, played two sports. <laughs> He played football and baseball. He did. <laughs> and true. And I, and I have a feeling, you know, not only could he play baseball and football, but he could probably, you know, be Decode. an excellent. Yeah, he probably could be an excellent code cracker. Excellent cryptographer. Excellent cryptographer. Excellent. And I mean, let's not forget, this is the guy who broke a bat over his knee. That's true. Multiple times. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go Bo. <laughs> nice. Because Bo, Bo knows encryption, you know. <laughs> he does. That was one of and, the taglines, I think. Bo the knows tactics. So yeah. um, Bo knows Japanese zeros. And Bo knows, yeah, Bo knows. There's very little Bo doesn't know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, claimed. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Bo, but the question is, you know, will he allow it to happen, you know, or... You know, so is he also a time traveler? I see. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. of course, he's a time traveler because you're allowed to import him into this moment. So. Oh, okay. I thought you might just dump him off into the situation. No, no, no. You bring him back with all his knowledge, you know, of course. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna go with with Bo. Uh, cracks the code. Okay. And then, like, 
breaks and I, I like to think his superpower is anything <laughs> he can break over his knee. Sure. Yeah. And so <laughs> I'm gonna guess he probably swims over and <laughs> before before mm-hmm. it all hits. Or this- like Okay, right. Or, or, or like he disguises himself as like a bat. I guess did the Japanese like baseball at this point, or is that <laughs> no? This is after. Yeah, this is, yes, far before yeah. they liked baseball. Yes. All right, so maybe that's the, maybe that's the way we go with this. All right, so he yeah. goes over there to to exchange baseball with them before before all the all the nastiness starts. That's up. his cover. That's his cover. Right. When really and he's taking uh, Japanese zeros and breaking them over his knee. Right. We're not, we're not there yet, but okay. So, so <laughs> one imp- step at a time, Ross. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump the gun for <laughs> yeah, the impatient you know, one. So he like impresses the Japanese so much that they bring him before the emperor. Okay. All right. And then like a divine creation at this point. Right. He, yeah, he goes before the divinity that is the emperor yeah, and right. like, I don't know what would be the most sacred object in the Japanese mythos would be, but like he breaks that, whatever that is over his knee. How about just the emperor? Okay, so yeah. Okay, so pretty, pretty he, grabs, he grabs the emperor and yeah. like breaks him over his knee. This is like the last episode of Twenty Four. I like it. Right, and yeah. then <laughs> like the Japanese people recognize him for what he is. Sure, a god you know, breaker, a, a god among men, because yeah. no one could break the emperor. If anyone, you know, the, if the emperor is a god, and then Bo Jackson breaks him over, his <laughs> what knee, does that make him? Right. What does that make him? Yeah. See, yeah, and yep. so that so then Bo Jackson becomes Emperor Bo Jackson. I like it. Of the Japanese Empire and brings the Pacific War. The Pacific War doesn't exist, yeah. you know. The alternate, it to a close end. Yeah. All right, thank you, thank you, lunatic. I love so, it. <laughs> Bo so, knows. Bo knows. Remember, it's ten thirty. <laughs> right. right. Take your dose. Um, all right, Justin, you ready, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I, you know, I'm going to approach this from a couple different angles. I'm going to talk about two of the options here. Okay. Um, you know, I've thought a lot about. Um, the Russell Crowe option. Okay. And, you know, on the surface, I like it a lot. Yep. As directed by Ridley Scott. Yeah, you can't. It's not you just know. him by himself. Right. Yeah, it's right. directed you know, by Ridley Scott. Yeah. My main problem with why it can't work, because uh-huh. certainly Russell Crowe, directed by Ridley Scott, gets things done. He does. With the, ex- yes. with the exception of the one movie where he went to the house. And fell in love, and I don't know. It was oh, in Italy. I think. It was a good year. I think it was a, a good year, year. and yeah, it was he, a bad movie. Yeah, it was a bad. Uh, movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was. Yeah, it's a great movie. Bad. And somehow watching that on a plane made it seem, I think, three times as long. Yeah, uh, bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, but normally he gets things done, yep. right? But yep. the problem is, much like a good year, takes a long time to do them. Uh-huh. And he needs some kind of uh, he needs three hours at least. He needs three hours and he needs a tragic he needs a tragic motivation. That's true. So the only way I foresee this happening, and it actually foils the whole argument, is that if Russell Crowe, as directed by Ridley Scott, is married to a Hawaiian woman, I see. He, has, he has a half uh, Crow, half Hawaiian son, <laughs> uh, who who is then killed tragically. Yeah. Upon Pearl Harbor. Yep. Right. But for some reason, Russell Crowe couldn't get there quite in time. Yep, naturally. He naturally. would then seek his revenge on Japan. And, it, you know, even though it costs his own life in the end, yep. he would then overthrow Japan by himself. Okay. Uh, with the help of others. But that doesn't, again, that doesn't foil Pearl Harbor. Nope. Yep. You're still in the same history timeline. Right. You know, I see, I, I can see that happening, but it doesn't foil Pearl Harbor. And so, you know, I hate to be unoriginal here, but I think we come back to Bo Jackson. Yeah. You know, there's, there, there's two things, you know, it's like Greg said, he, if there's one thing that Bo does yep. is that 
he does two things. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and, and he so knows them. Yeah. He know he knows, and he does two things. So they could you could keep it as simple as this: one, he he figures it out; two, he stops it. He does two things. Done deal. Anything he needs to know, he does. And there's the other thing I know about Bo Jackson. Go ahead. Is that if you're playing Tecmo Super Bowl, which which you know <laughs> I prob- which I probably do you know twice a day. You should play uh, this game. Yeah. It's in it's anticipation pretty- of Bo's return. Yeah. Whether you're playing against the computer or another human. You playing with the the uh, L.A. Raiders, yeah, the Raiders is basically a waste yep. of time because he is so unstoppable. Yep. Because of his speed, <laughs> he's a that, man. Yeah, that the, the gate, you know, you're going to score on every single play. You could run in the backfield for 70 yards and still end up scoring. Nice. And so, I think you mentioned his ability to break things over his knee. Definitely a power. The power you didn't mention, super speed. Yep. Yeah, it's true. So I think you combine these things, the knowing. The ability to do two things on a level of most humans can't even do one thing. Yep, right. he, he, he stops this without, without much of even a problem. Nice. I mean, he, and he stops it to a point that, I, Ross, I almost think you need to rethink the segment and ask what event in history can Bo Jackson not, not change? Uh, yeah. Yep. Right. I mean, it's almost unfair to even include Bo Jackson. Oh, I this. think that even in terms of like the Big Bang, he stops it. <laughs> he breaks the Big Bang over his knee. Yeah, exactly. You know? As long maybe as he the bit- needs to know something – and there are two steps to it, he's got exactly. it. Oh, right. Or, or maybe the Big Bang is the result of him breaking the cosmic bat over his knee. You're, you're separating light from darkness? Done. Yep. <laughs> Bo knows right, Genesis. Good. Well, I got, another, I got another one for you. You guys ready? Oh, All please. Right. Okay. Who? Okay, now, as you know, the Manhattan Project gave the United States the first atomic weapon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens if the Soviet Union the USSR got the bomb first because, as you know, we didn't invite the Soviet Union into the Manhattan Project. We didn't. We didn't tell. We didn't want them to have it. They didn't get the evite. So, what genius could have given atomic weapons to the Soviet Union first? John Travolta, any era. You can pick any any of his time. <laughs> any weight. Any weight. Doctor Mario from the Nintendo game. Oh. Doctor Mario. Our Legendary theologian St. Thomas Aquinas. I guess, Greg, I'll take this one first since you took the other one first. Sure, sure. Um, you know, these are a lot of good options. Uh, you know, you're looking at who gives the Soviets the weapon. Yep. You know, so who's got the ability to split the atom? Yep. Right. <laughs> that's, and, yes, that's the key question. Yep. Right. You know, but that's how I'm approaching it, is Absolutely. what I'm saying. Absolutely. And uh, I, I think, look, it may sound obvious, but you have to go with a doctor. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Dr. Mario. <laughs> Uh, if you know the way when you play, doc, somehow yeah. somehow we've come back to Nintendo here. Yeah. Uh, but when you, you know, when you he's he's in putting those pills inside that bottle, and yeah. he is you know trying to match them up four at a time to rid the bottle of those viruses. Sure. He's basically he's splitting some of those up. He I mean he's basically you know splitting atoms within the game. Yeah, I see. Um, and so I think just on an intellectual, on a scientific level, I think Dr. Mario has the edge. Nice. Hi, right, Greg? Um, well, I mean, the key, I mean, if you've ever seen the movie Little Boy and Fat Man. Yeah, Fat the, Man and Little Boy, yeah. Right. The, the key to the whole thing is you have to realize it's, it's an implosion, right? That's true, yeah. yeah. Uh, only through implosion do you get the massive explosion. That's right, yeah. Um, 
So I'm trying to figure out if all those men who would understand that better than John Travolta. I don't think anybody. Move. Go ahead. Because man. I may have to rethink my answer. That's because good, because good if anyone's career imploded <laughs> fast and quickly to a critical mass, um, it would definitely be John Travolta. You I, could also argue his rise was an implosion. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, no. The the rise was. You an, could also a, argue that the result Battle of the Earth was the greatest movie ever made. But continue. Right. So his massive implosion and labeled his spectacular explosion. Sure. So uh, I'm I'm thinking John, who who understands this fundamental principle of nuclear physics and mm-hmm. physics in general, could give well, the Soviets. Well, he did Broken Arrow, right? Oh, he did do Broke with Christian Slater. That's true. It's right, and and and, I, it, and Travolta's the only guy I've ever known to smart Christian Slater. True. <laughs> well, to calmly stand yes. up and let a, a missile hit him in the chest. Yeah. And and somehow never saw the I, end of that movie, but thank you for for yeah. yeah. Well, it somehow like it doesn't go through him. It yeah. like just keep never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of my that, that that's one of my major breaks from reality in that movie. Like everything else, I get, but really, the I think just the fact that Christian Slater is flying a super secret stealth plane is pretty much yeah fun. a B two yeah. yeah that's right. That's where I break with the reality right there. But right. yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna go John Travolta, and uh, all right, I'll take know. it. Yeah, I'll take Greg, it. Can I pose pose a question to you real quick? Counterpoint. Yeah. Uh, well, n- not even so much a counterpoint, just a uh, tangent on John Travolta. Please. Uh, <laughs> Always if, uh, correct me if you if you if don't follow this track, but if Travolta's let's say his implosion is the Look Who's Talking series one two three, yes. yeah. so so Pulp Fiction and the few movies after that are his explosion. Yeah, yes? sure, yeah, yeah. Where where does Wild Hogs lie? Oh, I think uh, probably near the eighth circle of hell. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> go with the I'm gonna go with the fallout. Every nuclear fission explosion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's the that's the radioactive material blotting out the sun. As Greg will tell you, it's not the actual explosion that kills the majority of the people. Yes, in a, nu- yes. In a nuclear situation, it is exactly what he's referring to, which is the, the radioactive fallout. It's the nuclear winter yep. that follows, and I think that's what Wild Hogs is in its own way. Right. Literally melting skin off your face. Literally, if it was water, you could not drink it. Which yes. <laughs> also stars Ray Liotta, I might add. Oh, good choice, Ray. To bring it full circle. Yeah. All right, guys. There's a lot get of you, circles here. I'm going to get you with one more. Is that cool? <laughs> Please do. All right. As you know, the infamous assassination of the Austro-Hungarian emperor, Franz Ferdinand and his wife, mm-hmm. plunged the world into World War One. There's Arguably. a lot of other factors, political motivations, yes, economic <laughs> motivations. But for those of us here at fourth time around, we're going to keep it as simple as we can. Who could have seen this assassination attempt coming and stop it? Kiefer Sutherland? Hmm. Sherlock Holmes? Oh. Or John Wilkes Booth? Hmm. Greg, you want to take it? Yeah, um... So the guy who killed uh, the... That's right, Ver- an assassin. He was an assassin. He also was a, um, an anarchist. That's true, yes. Uh, he was looking for the independence of, I guess, Yugoslavia or whatever, Serbia, whatever the hell Serbia. they were. It was Serbia, but yes. It was Serbia. Um, Not whatever the hell they were, but yes. Hey, what's the difference? <laughs> uh, there is a big difference, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> whatever backwards country he was from. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
That's someone what we love about you is your compassion. Well, someone has to play the part of Mike this, That's uh, true. this time. That's true. Uh, <laughs> good, good ignorance. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, I learned from the best. Um, gosh. You know, I, I, I like to think, well, what, what is this really? Fundamentally, it's terrorism. And God, to, we know my, to my knowledge, the best person ever to live past, present, and future uh, is Jack Bauer. Yeah. When it comes to counterterrorism. Yeah. So Keeper so, Sutherland is your choice. I'm gonna have to go Keeper Sutherland. I think he'd get it done. I think he would I think he would probably he would, probably in twenty four episodes. Yeah, probably about twenty four hours. Yeah. Right. And then he would but he would also like somehow like infiltrate this society beforehand and like form a relationship with what with the assassin's daughter or something. I see. Yeah. So it's complicated you know? for him. Very complicated. There's lots of twists and turns. Right. He sees the suffering of Serbia. And he gets like, drunk and headbutts a fashion designer. Right. <laughs> In Sarajevo like at some point. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. So, All right. Lemieux, what do you got, buddy? Can I hear my options again? Sure. It's, this is a little bit tougher. Yeah, absolutely. It's Sherlock Holmes, of course, from, yes. uh, from, from Doyle. And then we have John Wilkes Booth, of course, yes. the, the assassin of, of Lincoln. Arguably. And, um, and then we have the choice that, 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 that Greg's already made, right. Kiefer Sutherland our, slash Jack Bauer, as we know, well, they're that, symbiotic. That, so. Well, I guess that's what we need to establish. I mean, are if they, they, are, symbi- if the they are symbiotic, that's certainly uh, something to consider. But for, throughout the first turn, I was, kept thinking – it's key for Southern if it's not Jack Bauer. I don't know that I can pick him. Yeah, they're the same. Yeah, they you know, they, they exist on a sort of I think much like a, you know a, parasitic relationship. But there's but, only oh. one thing holding me back from me believing that they're symbiotic, and that is uh, the movie Dark World. Oh God, great movie though. But or not perhaps Jack- Lost Boys when he's a vampire. That's true. I see more Jack Bauer in Lost Boys than Dark World. I think Dark World may be the only one are mirrors, but even then, he's still pretty <laughs> much Jack Bauer. So I feel like, I feel like there was a movie once that was like a retelling of uh, Little Red Riding Hood, huh? Where he's the wolf and Reese Witherspoon is the Little Red Riding Hood, and he basically kidnaps her, huh? Really? Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> like, we'll have to look. This will be a future. Food for break. thought. Either that, or that's the weirdest erotic dream you've ever brought up. <laughs> tune in next time to find yeah, out. Yeah, tune in next time. <laughs> erotic dream or actual movie? That's a great segment. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Either way, we win. Either way, the audience loses. It's just the audience. Yeah. Well, for the sake of our, Greg already picked it, and again, you know, I'm struggling a little bit with the uh, Kiefer Sutherland and not Jack Bauer. Sure. Yeah. Whether they're the same or not. Oh, well, let's say I, I eliminate him. Okay. All right. So now we're down to uh, John Wilkes Booth and Sherlock Holmes. That's right. Yeah. All right. I, my problem with Sherlock Holmes is I feel like I feel like Sherlock Holmes solves the crime after it's been committed. Yeah. Uh, he would have no interest in it beforehand. Naturally. Yeah. 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 He's he, he's not a he's not a preventative doctor. No. Nope, you're right. As you could say. Well, so you know he 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 wants to figure out the crime. So he treats I the think, symptoms. He doesn't treat the cure. And it's know, pretty and obvious who was guilty. Well, I think that uh, I think that we have to remember that John Wilkes Booth was an actor. That's just exactly and an actor, yeah. if nothing else, has his instincts. Yeah. And I think Booth could have used his instincts as an actor to anticipate uh, the assassination attempt, thus foiling it with uh, with perhaps acting own. ability. Perhaps I don't know. Perhaps maybe he poses as the Archduke uh, in costume and draws the fire away. In a fat suit, 
Yes. I'm, I'm in. Is I mean, it why, possible? Why, why wouldn't you send, <laughs> How about that? <laughs> why wouldn't you send an assassin to stop an assassin? Right. So <laughs> well, there you go. Done. I mean, yes. That's the movie writes itself. Absolutely. And like you motivate him by saying uh, the guy who's who's trying to kill the archduke is another fellow actor who is going for a similar part. His age. There's always there's always got to be competing actors. Yeah, yeah. There's right. definitely rivalry. So. All right. Thanks, guys, for playing for playing the the course of history. So um so good. Do we have any? We don't have a reader mail. No one writes us because yeah. uh, one guy that wrote us took a break. So yeah, I guess so. He's taking a break with Mike. I guess. All right. Good. Make something so, up. Yeah. I, uh, no, I got nothing. I mean, we already answered whether the Doctor Mario pills were pink or red. So. Yeah. Yeah. Which we all agreed, Greg. They're red. red. God, they're pink. All right. <laughs> so that's it. This is uh, this is your host for the 25th episode of Four Time Round, Ross Everett Olsaver. As usual, you can contact me at rolsaver at AOL.com or Mike Mail at MikeMail at gmail.com. Please don't hesitate to write us, talk to us about the show, give us some kind of idea that there's anybody out there other than me and Craig. <laughs> Um, and and Justin, when we didn't even know he was out there till last week. So uh, thank you for Justin Lemieux. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And uh, for Greg, for Gregory Clyde Wolf the second. Sir. And uh, you all have a nice week. This train is bound for glory. This train. This train is bound for glory. Nobody ride it but the righteous and the holy. This train bound for glory. Now this train. This train is built for speed now, this train This train is built for speed now, this train This train is built for speed Fastest train you ever did see now, this train Bound for glory now, this train This train don't count no liars, this train This train don't count no liars, this train this train don't count no liars, no hypocrites and no bar flyers. This train bound for glory now. This train, this train is solid black boy. This train, this train is solid black now. This train, this train is solid black. Why takes you don't come back, boy? This train bound for glory now. This train. This train, you don't pay no transportation on this train. This train, you don't pay no transportation on this train. This train, you don't pay no transportation. There's no Jim Crow and no discrimination on this train. Bound for glory now, this train. This train, don't carry white or black on this train. This train, don't care whether you're white or black on this train. This train don't carry white or black. Everybody riding is treated just alike on this train. Bound for glory now, this train. This train is bound for glory now, this train. This train is bound for glory, this train. This train is bound for glory. Nobody riding but the righteous and the holy now, this train. Bound for glory now, this train. This train is bound for glory, this train This train is bound for glory now, this train This train is bound for glory
this train.